Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of AdMail. This is Adam Bergman, founder and CEO of IRA Financial. I'm here to help you find the answers to the most frequently asked questions from my clients about self-directed retirement accounts. If you want to learn more, you can subscribe to our YouTube channel and follow us on social media. Just search IRA Financial. Hey everyone, and welcome to another episode of AdMail. I'm Adam Bergman, tax attorney and founder of IRA Financial. And on today's AdMail, three more exceptional questions from exceptional people. First one is from Lisa, and it's about requirement and distributions. Second one's from YouTube, and it's about Roth conversions, 401k conversions. And the third is about using a 401k to buy real estate and taking advantage of the exemption for non-recourse leverage. So really fun-packed podcast for you. Hope you guys enjoy it. And uh, let's get down to business. First question is from Lisa K. And Lisa wants to know, I have to take require minimum distributions. Can I take the RMD and make a Roth IRA contribution? So it's a great question. A lot of people have concerns and issues when it comes to RMDs. It's a scary three-letter word. Oh my God, I have to take the requirement of distribution by age 72. It's my first year. Or I've been doing it for multiple years and I need to do it by 1231. And hopefully my IRA custodian will give me a value. And then I have to take it into income. Number one, what is it? Which generally the custodian will help you with. And then number two, okay, well, what do I do? What do I report it? What do I do? So Lisa wants to know if, and I assume she's over 72 because that's the RMD age. There is also potential legislation, Secure Act 2.0, which will increase the RMD age to 75 over the next 10 years. But as of now, it's 72. So if Lisa's over 72, has to take an RMD, which is generally about 3% of the IRA value. She wants to know, can she just then take the money and put it into a Roth IRA? So the answer is, like any good lawyer, is maybe. Why? Because Roth IRA contribution limitations are based on income. So Lisa, number one, you have to have income. So if you have income, that's good. It's great. You're over 72 and you still work or you still have income. It has to be earned income, not capital gains, not interest, not dividends, not royalties, not rental income, earned income, not social security. And then if you make more than 208, 208K in 21, 214 in 2022, if you're married, fall jointly, you cannot do a Roth IRA. But you've probably heard me say this quite often, you can do what's called a backdoor Roth IRA, which means you just do an after-tax IRA and convert it to Roth. So number one, if you have earned income and it's under 208 or 214 in 22, you can do, you can take that RMD amount and just dump it into a Roth IRA, which is $7,000 max if you're over 50. Okay, so you don't have to, right? You can take the money and buy yourself a present or use it to pay a rent or credit card, just leave it in the bank. But a lot of people say, you know what? I don't really need the money. Let me dump it back into a Roth. There's no age limitations. There's income limitations, but no age. And let it grow tax-free. Roth IRAs do not have RMDs, right? So you can dump the money in and let it grow. And then when you pass, it just go to a spouse or a non-spouse beneficiary. That non-spouse beneficiary will have 10 years to pull it out. But at least it goes into a Roth IRA and can grow without tax versus just investing in, in a taxable account. So it's a great question, Lisa, because I think a lot of people are in this position 
and aren't taking advantage of the fact that they don't need the money, just dump it into the Roth versus leaving it into a, a checking or savings account and paying tax on a taxable brokerage account associated with that cash. So superb question. Second question for the podcast is from YouTube. And this question, this person wants to know, if I do a solo 401k conversion and have a pre-tax IRA, is there some sort of pro rata rule? Okay, so it's a good question. I think what this person is trying to get at is when you do a backdoor Roth IRA, basically when you convert an after-tax IRA to Roth, there's some pro rata formula, which means that if you have other pre-tax IRAs out there, there is a portion only of the after-tax amount that can be converted to Roth. So for example, if you have 10,000 bucks in an IRA from whatever, 2018, and now you want to um, do a, well, let me say 5,000 to keep it simple. Let's say you have a $5,000 account and you want to do an after-tax backdoor Roth IRA conversion of five in 2022. Can you just convert the five in 2022 to Roth? The answer is no, because on these pro rata rules, you got to take all your IRAs, the five from 18 and the five from 2022, add them together. That's 10, five divided by 10 is 50%. So only 50% of the 5K or 2,500 can be converted to Roth. When you convert pre-tax to Roth in a solo K, there's no pro rata formula. So you can pick and choose whatever you want to convert. Actually, the same applies to IRAs. The only time you have a pro rata formula issue is if you're doing a backdoor Roth IRA, converting after tax to Roth. If you're converting pre-tax to Roth, you can pick or choose. You don't have to worry about any pro rata formula. So there's the answer. No need to worry about pro, pro rata formula on 401k or IRA conversions to Roth. Only time you need to worry about that is if you are doing a backdoor Roth IRA conversion. Next question, third final question is from Nikki S of Mesa, Arizona. And Nikki wants to know, I need to start a solo 401k to take advantage of exemptions for non-recourse loans. I have rental real estate. Can I set up a solo K? So this is a superb question, Nikki. And Nikki in some, in short, wants to know, hey, I need to get into a solo 401k. Why? Because there's an exemption under 514C9 that allows 401ks to use a non-recourse loan to buy real estate and pay no UBIT tax or unrelated business income tax, which can travel as high as 37%. So how do you get into a solo K? So it's all about eligibility. Number one, you need to have a business. It could be a self-employed, single member LLC, corp, S corp, doesn't matter. The key is it needs to have a business. Okay, it can't be a hobby. You got to actually try to sell a widget, sell a service, do something. And you cannot have any non-owner employees that work over a thousand hours. And spouses do not count as employees. So if it's me and Jim, me and Jane, as long as just us two, and we're the only owners and we have no employees, non-owners that work more than a thousand hours, then we can set up a solo K. Even if we have a full-time job at Google or Apple or IRA Financial. If I have a side business, I sell Nike dunks um, or baseball cards on eBay. And even if it only brings in like 500 bucks or thousand bucks a year, still business. I file Schedule C, maybe I have an S Corp, file an 1120S, um, it's a business and I can have a solo 401k associated with that business. Now I am capped at how much I can contribute. If I only earn a thousand bucks net, the most I'm going to be able to contribute is probably a thousand bucks minus social security FICA tax, about 12 and a half percent or so, but I'm still eligible for a solo K. 
don't have to have a billion dollar business to have a retirement plan. So by doing that, then Nikki can have a solo K, roll her IRA or other 401k pre-tax funds into the solo K and then use that solo 401k to buy real estate and then leverage up that real estate with non-recourse loan and not have to pay the UBTI tax on the leverage, which she would have had to do in a IRA, which does not have an exemption for the UBTI tax under 514C9. That only applies to 401ks or, or tax exempts like churches or um, schools, but not IRAs. Why? Well, I think 401k, they certainly had a stronger lobby than the IRA lobby. And I think ultimately, this 514C9 was enacted in 1980. I think they just wanted to offer 401k, especially big pension plans, more greater investment opportunities than IRAs. Fair? I don't know. It happened 1980. I was five years old. What do you want? Uh, but ultimately, Nikki, it's a great opportunity because you, leverage works, right? You can ask any smart real estate investor. You make money using leverage, using other people's money. So that is the advantage of using a solo K. The loan must be non-recourse. Why? Because you can't personally guarantee an obligation of your retirement account under 4975C. That triggers a prohibited transaction. Therefore, the loan must be non-recourse. So you go to a bank, a third party, you get a non-recourse loan, you buy the real estate. Let's say you put down 20, 10, 5%. I have some clients that are in the hard money business. They're they able to do deals and put down 5%, right? 95% leverage up, non-recourse. And the goal is then you sell it and you pay back the loan. You have all this huge tax-free growth because you don't have to pay tax since it's a 401k and you don't have to pay the UBTI tax because it's a 401k and not an IRA. So Nikki, superb question. And um, you need to become a business. Now, one last thing I should mention and I want to mention is if you just have real estate income, you're generally a Schedule E taxpayer. E is an Edward. That is not eligible for a solo 401k. You need to move the E to C as in Charlie. Because if you're a Schedule C, you're a business. Schedule E, if you look at the form, is passive rental income, passive real estate. There's not subject to self-employment and social security tax, which is good, right? A lot of real estate investors want E. They don't want C because they get around social security and FICA, which is about 12.5%. But if you want to make 401k contributions or be eligible for a 401k, that E is not going to work. You need to be C. So you can shift some of your E money to C and say that's part of your management services that you're providing to the E venture. Um, and let's say you have 30 grand or 20 grand, maybe you take five and shift it to Schedule C. So you can set up a solo K, be able to contribute that those funds to the 401k. Yes, those funds would be subject to Social Security and FICA, but on a smaller degree, and you'd also be eligible for the solo, which if you're using leverage, Nikki, it's a home run because you can super leverage up your asset and not pay any tax or UBIT tax. So there you go. Great, great question, Nikki, and, and thank you so much for it. So that's it. Another ad mill in the bag. Um, if you have questions, shoot it off. Info at Financial on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Hit us up. Uh, I do have a lot in the queue, but if it's a good one, I will sneak it in. I promise. So um, you can just subject it, ad mail or ask Adam. It will get to me. Uh, appreciate your support. Thank you for listening. If you're watching on YouTube, well, hope you enjoyed it. And uh, that's it. Have a great rest of your day. And I will talk to everyone again 
next week. Be well.